Today we begin a new sermon series entitled, How Firm a Foundation. The whole purpose of this series is a pursuit together as a church to discover what it means to have a biblical worldview. Now you might be asking yourself, I don't even know what a worldview is, let alone a biblical worldview. A worldview is simply the framework from which we view reality and make sense of the world. I've often said that everyone's a theologian and everybody has a theology. The question is whether you have a good theology or a bad theology. In the same way, everyone has a worldview. The question is what grounds and informs that worldview? What grounds and informs that framework by which you make sense of the world and view all of reality. Now to have a biblical worldview means that that framework, that lens is informed by the infallible word of God. That it's the word of God, that it's not something you just study and read, it's not something we just examine on Sunday mornings, but it becomes the framework for all of life. It becomes the lens in which you understand reality. It is your viewpoint that grounds you as the people of God. It's interesting, George Barna, the great researcher who's been researching biblical worldview in North America since the 80s, said this about biblical worldview in the North American church. Our research has discovered that fewer than 10% of American Christians actually possess a biblical worldview. That's not 10% of Americans. That's 10% of Americans inside the church. A perceptual filter through which they can see life and its opportunities. Lacking that filter, most Christians make important decisions on the basis of instinct, Emotion, assumptions, past experiences, external pressure, I think it reads eternal pressure in your, in your bulletins, external pressure or chance, end quote. The majority of North American Christians are walking aimlessly through life with a worldview that is informed by culture, informed by the philosophies of this world and not informed and grounded by the very word of God. To begin this sermon series, How Firm a Foundation, this morning we're gonna talk about what it means to seek a biblical worldview and to do so we're gonna look at Colossians 2. And you might ask for such an important sermon series, why would you start with the Colossians? Well, Colossians was written in the 60s not the 1960s, the 60s, 60 AD, between 60 and 62 AD, written by the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church in Colossae. And the reason for his writing is he is being informed that the Christians in the church of Colossae have abandoned their biblical worldview. They've ab- abandoned their theology that was grounded by the word of God and instead they are embracing the philosophies of this world. Sound familiar? And so he needs to write them to inform them that Christ 
does not fit into your worldview, but Christ is your worldview. Christ does not fit into your philosophy and your theology, but Christ is your theology. If you've never read Colossians, simply look at chapter one and all of the ways that Paul uses the word all or everything, that all of life, that everything in life and everything in this world is centered on the person of Jesus Christ. So to have a firm foundation and to have a worldview that is informed by the word of God, we begin this journey together looking at Colossians 2, verses 6 through 10. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted up and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Amen. Foundation matters. A firm foundation makes all the difference in the world. I think Jesus said something about this. He said there's two houses, one that is built on sand. And when the winds of the world come crashing in, the house is blown away. But there's another house that's built on a solid rock that when the winds of this world come crashing in, when the storms of life approach, everything around it blows away. But the house that's built on the rock, a firm foundation, is immovable, is unshakable. It's no surprise to any of us that we live in a day where the storms are serious, where the winds of culture are blowing fiercely. And for some of us, we have experienced it in great ways the last 12 to 24 months. We have experienced the winds and the storms of life. And for some of you this morning, you're crying out for stability. You're crying out for that firm foundation. For some of you here this morning, the storms and the winds have been so severe, you have been so disillusioned by life that you are wondering, is a firm foundation even possible? And the Apostle Paul reminds us through his word this morning that no matter how bad the storms are, no matter how strong the winds are of life, that you can have a firm foundation informed by the very word of God. And so as we begin this sermon series together, what we are going to do each week is unpack a foundational truth of scripture that informs all of life, that helps us build a firm foundation and helps us together as a church seek a worldview that is not informed by the philosophy of this world and the norms of culture, but a biblical worldview informed by the very authoritative word of scripture.
So this morning, one big idea as we begin this series, what does it mean for us as a church and as the people of God to seek a biblical worldview? Well, the first thing we need to remember that seeking a world, biblical worldview means we must be rooted in God's word. Very simply, Paul says in verse seven, we are rooted and built up in him, established in the faith just as you were taught. This is simple, but so profound. How many Christians do we see today that are looking for answers in life, answers for the hard questions in life, and they're looking everywhere but the word of God, and Paul implores them, stick to the book. Look to the word of God. You are rooted and established in the faith that you were taught. What were they taught? They were taught the word of God. This means that we don't have to walk blindly through life. It actually means we have a roadmap in order for us not to be lost and to navigate aimlessly through life. The word of God, what you have been taught, it is a reminder for us that in order to have a firm foundation, God has given us his word. He has spoken. He has faithfully given us his word under his supervision, an authoritative source of truth. That is why every single Sunday here at Coral Ridge, we are reminded that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God, it stands forever. It's why Joshua, as he was taking over from Moses, and he's wondering, how can I be successful? God says, stick to the book. Don't let it depart from you. Meditate on it day and night, and then you will be prosperous. Then your way will flourish. And how many people, even inside the church, are sailing through life with no guide and no direction and with no map or maybe even a faulty map? You know, they always make the joke about men and women that men never like to ask for direction or men don't like navigation systems or maps, not this guy. I mean, I could be on I-75 with no turns to make and I will have ways open on my phone the entire way because I don't want to make one wrong turn or waste one second of my trip. I do not like to be lost. But deep down inside, neither do you. It is a terrible thing to be lost in this life. It is a terrible thing to navigate the, this world and all of its challenges. And God in his graciousness has given us his word, a light unto our feet so that we are able to answer the hard questions of life. How do I do life? How do I do marriage? How do I do this hard thing like raising children? How do I find my purpose in life? What do I do about my career? I'm at nearing the end of my life. How do I deal with death and dying and suffering and all of the questions of life? We are able to take those questions and apply them to God's word and say, thank God that my life can be rooted to the objective, authoritative truth of God's word that collides with the cultural systems of our day so that in the midst of the crazy noise of this culture, we can have a lighthouse 
and be rooted to the absolute truth of God's word. So seeking a biblical worldview means we are rooted and grounded to the objective truth of God's word. But seeking a biblical worldview not only means that we're rooted to God's word, it means that we can be unshakable against this world. Verse eight, Paul lists all of the ways that the church in Colossae was being shaken. And he says, don't be shaken. Or he uses the word, don't be taken captive by the elemental spirits and the philosophies of this world that you don't have to be shaken by the the cultural philosophies of our day. I mentioned in a sermon several months ago that it's not a matter of whether our children are being discipled, it's a matter of what are they being discipled with. We have a whole generation that is being discipled by social media. For instead, it is our calling and our responsibility, whether you have children or not, as a church to say, not on my watch, our children, this next generation, will be discipled by the word of God so that they will be unshakable and unmovable against the social and cultural pressures of our day. You see, the philosophers of our day They might not be as sophisticated as the philosophers of Paul day, but make no mistake, there are philosophers. They're just employed by Hollywood. The philosophers philosophers of our day are making movies and television and promoting their propaganda with all of the newest mediums so that our net children and our children's children may be held captive but I pray that at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, we would say, no, not here, not on my watch, not at this church, not in this community. They will not be taken captive by the messages and the philosophies of this world, that we would give our children and our grandchildren a biblical worldview so that they do not lack confidence, they do not fear man, so that they do not, when they enter college, have to be wishy-washy concerning what they believe when the cultural winds blow. You ruin your life. You ruin your life. Listen to me. If you are a teenager listening, you ruin your life when you follow where the wind takes you. That is why here at this church, we provide every opportunity to be grounded with a biblical worldview, weekly Sunday school classes, weekly Bible studies, weekly community groups. That's why we have a school across the street teaching their faculty what it means to have a worldview through the Worldview Institute so that they understand that it's more than just teaching about science and math, that we want our children and our next generation to be sent out into the world with a framework that is grounded and rooted in the authoritative word of God. So the question is, what is the key? What is the thing that would move, motivate and move a people to stay rooted, to, to say no to the ways of the world, to say no to the philosophies of our culture and be rooted to the word of God alone? What would move you and motivate you? Well, the answer is in verse six. Paul says, therefore, as you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive Jesus? 
because you were smarter or more intellectual. Paul is saying you receive Jesus by the grace of God alone. So the same grace that saved you and brought you into the family is the same grace that keeps you in the family. The same grace that connects you to the word, the same grace that connects you to the truth is the same grace that keeps you connected. It means every day waking up and relying not on yourself or your own power and your strength, but relying on the strength and the power of God as it's manifested through the grace of God. It's what we call sanctification. That the grace of God is working at work in your life in such a way that you become more grounded and more rooted through the process of sanctification that you are transformed so that you're not just receiving more head knowledge, but it's beginning to transform your heart. What does Paul say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, the goal of having a biblical worldview is not just knowing a body of content. It's discovering the author of that content. It's not just discovering more truth, it's discovering the author of that truth. It's understanding that the truth has been made flesh and manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. So if pursuing and seeking a biblical worldview simply makes you smarter and wiser and it just gives you head knowledge, you've missed the point. It should so transform every area of your life so that we're not only thinking like Jesus, but living like Jesus as well. It is the grace of God alone that brings us in, but keeps us in, that roots us and grounds us and anchors us to that firm foundation. But I wanna give you a few points of application this morning, because I don't want this just to be pie in the sky, higher level understanding of a biblical worldview. I want you to be thinking about this this week. And I wanna give you this application in the form of three questions. Three questions that I want you to write down and I wanna ask yourself, ask your family, children, grandchildren, just, or even just ask yourself this week. In pursuing a biblical worldview, question number one, am I studying God's word? Now you go, Pastor Rob, that is so basic. But you would be shocked How many people come into my office and they say, I'm struggling in my marriage, I'm struggling with my children, I'm struggling with my finances, I'm struggling with my career, and I ask them, what Bible study are you plugged into? Oh, I don't have time for that. You can't have a biblical worldview. You can't have a framework that is rooted and grounded in the word of God if you yourself are not studying and immersed in the word of God. You can't have a biblical worldview unless you understand the story of God's word from Genesis to Revelation. We need to be a people that are studying and meditating and memorizing it, grounded. What does Paul say? Rooted and built up and established in him. So the first question I wanna ask, I want you to ask yourself, Am I actively studying God's word? I've already said it earlier in this message. We've provided every opportunity possible for you to study God's word here at Coral Ridge. So the first step in pursuing and seeking a biblical worldview is asking yourself the question, am I earnestly, actively, daily 
studying God's word, studying, number one. Second question is this, am I evaluating all of life according to God's word? Am I evaluating all of life according to God's word? How many times do we wrestle with something in life? Our children come home from school. They have a problem. They hear something. They see something on social media. We go through a difficult circumstance in life. We become disillusioned by watching the news. We become disillusioned by this world and our culture. But how often are we actually going to God's word and saying, what does God's word say about this? What does God's word say about this challenge that we're facing as a family? What does God's word say about what your teenager is hearing at school or or watching in social media or bringing home and sitting around the dining room table? How often are we picking up God's word and saying, let's look at God's word? How do we evaluate this challenge, this question, this issue according to God's word? Are we truly evaluating all of life in light? of God's word? Are we studying? Are we evaluating? And lastly, are we looking for God's hand? Third question, are we looking for God's hand? What do I mean by that? How often in our lives are we stopping and pausing to reflect on how God has provided? Are we stopping and pausing and reflecting how God has showed up in amazing ways against all odds when we last when we least expected him to provide how have we stopped for our children and our grandchildren simply to recognize and thank God for how you showed up and provided You see, if we're not able to see the hand of God in our life, if we're not able to see the providence of God in our life, we can talk about worldview and the relevance of God in his scripture all day long, but if we're not showing our children and our grandchildren, if we're not stopping for ourselves to simply recognize how God is at work in every facet of our lives, we'll never really truly discover the beauty of what it means for Christ to be preeminent for us to truly have a firm foundation. As I was preparing this message for this morning, I was convicted. How many times do I busily go through life, quickly go through life without failing to remember, God, how you have shown up for my family in our darkest moments. We have seen the hand of God provide for our family. That's worldview. When you begin to see the God that we read in scripture coming and showing up in real, tangible ways and providing for you and for those that you love. So studying, evaluating, looking as we pursue this journey together for taking God's word and applying it to all of life we need an anchor, a firm foundation. In a book, All the Light That You Cannot See, a book that I highly recommend, All the Light That You Cannot See, it talks about stories, stories of hope during the Nazi era and during a very dark time in history, it talks about stories of hope. It talks about light in the midst of the darkness. And one of the stories in this book, All the Light You Cannot See, it talks about the story of the recruitment of young German boys into Hitler's army. 
And one of the things that the, they would recruit these young German boys to do is that they would tie up prisoners. And in one particular story, it talks about tying up Polish prisoners out in a field. And they would have the young boys take buckets of ice water and dump them over the heads of the Polish prisoners. But one young German boy in particular that always seemed to stand out amongst the crowd, it was his turn to take the water bucket. And the boys were cheering him on. And as he approached the prisoner, instead of it dumping it over the head of the Polish prisoner, he drops the bucket and he says, no, I will not do it. I will not do it. I will take a stand, but I will not do it. I want to ask you this morning, who has the courage to say, I will not do it? In this cultural moment, as the storms are croaching, as the winds are blowing, who has the courage with a firm foundation informed by a biblical worldview to say, no, I will not do it. I will not go the way of ruin and the way of destruction, but I will have the courage to stand, to say, no, I will not. People of God, the winds are strong, but we have a firm foundation according to the word of God. And although our hearts are prone to wander, thank God that we have a solid rock by which we stand. Amen?